Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to a special edition of the Irish Examiner GAA podcast. Coming to you today from Tralee on the eve of the Kerry Senior Football Championship final between town powerhouses Austin Stacks and Cairns O'Reilly's. There might only be a mile of road between them, but they haven't met in a county final in Kerry since 1936. Whether you walk down Strand Road or up Rock Street, you can sense the atmosphere this week. You can smell the tension and little wonder. This is a county final neither side dare lose. However, both the Rock and the Narries agree on one thing. If anyone deserves an 18-foot mural of a superstar in his pomp, It's Austin Stack's legend, Mikey Sheehy. We sat down with the Kingdom Great this week to discuss now and then happiness and health, the golden years and Mick O'Dwyer. It's an hour long, so sit back and enjoy, or if you're in the car, mind the driving. Explain to me, for the uninitiated, the... Uh, the pecking order of Trilly football, because I know it's before my time, yeah. but... Back in the late 50s, John Dowling was the, was the legend was of Strand Road. Yeah. Late 60s, Mikey. Mitchell. Mitchell won what, four or five in a row? Four or five in a row. Yeah, Tony Shea. Derry Shea. Derry Shea. Ted Fitzgerald, Johnny Keller, Paul is for who else? Yeah. Oh, the Sheehy's. The Sheehy's. Niall, Sean O'Rourke and Brian Sheehy. And, and would, it, would it be fair to say then, from the 70s on, yeah. the stacks have been kings? Yeah, there would, there would have been, I suppose, from the mid-70s. Well, from, yeah, 73 That was the first county championship that we won in 27 years. And we would have dominated, I suppose, yeah, in our year until part until the, the mid-80s. The last one we won in our time, I said it probably would have been the same. I, I finished up in 87, but we won 86. Yes. Against Be Killarney in the final. Be Killarney in the final. I remember right. that. We did. We did. Yeah. We did. So how many did you win in that 73 to 86? We won five. Five. And we lost a few finals. Now, I don't know how many finals we lost in a few semi-finals. But you know what was very unfair, I suppose in hindsight when you look back at it, is that we were nearly always involved with Kerry playing an All-Ireland final the previous Sunday mm -hmm. and the county final was on the following Sunday. Yes. At least nowadays they have the common sense to give them a break of maybe two weeks minimum yeah. after. Because I, I can remember, like, and it, it, actually you wouldn't get away with it nowadays. I mean, we mostly, we were lucky, lucky, lucky enough that we won the All-Ireland, we'll say But Jesus, you were your celebrating. Some of my friends in Cork, when they're, when they're taking the mickey out of me, they quote the likes of yourself and they say, like, yeah, I was lucky enough to win eight All-Ireland <laughs> medals. Like, eight All-Irelands, five counties, and now a mural on a wall in Tralee. Yeah. Tell me about that. The mural, look, I, 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 I knew nothing about the mural. I'll be true for John Zabalis's. But there was a mural of you um, at the, the back of the castle. So that's, that's all I did. That's the only so is it visible, Mikey, to the public? No, it's, it's not. You have to go into the back, into the into the car park, or else you have to go in there for a pint and you go to the tile. You have to go to the back. But it's a big, isn't it? Got, oh, it's a big one. Yeah. It's impressive. It's, it's, like, it's, I just go into it, you know, you know. I'm quite happy for it to send to the street. Because, oh, the way. Yeah, because you know why? I don't know why, and maybe there's another one down there. I When I heard about the mural, I presumed it was on the corner of Pembroke Street there. You know, as you go around to the Golden oh, yeah, Booster. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought that there was a big one there when I heard it was, was going up no, the rock. There was no, something no, there once, no, no. wasn't there? Oh, there was. Shawnee Walsh, I think. They had something to, uh, of Shawnee Walsh there. It was still there. The right? catch against Dublin. Yeah, the catch against Dublin. Yeah, and against Brian Mullins. That's okay. the one. 
But um, the guy that did it, or that does it, he, he did it in a smaller one, then kind of a, just a plain black one, just as you go around over, before you come to Radio Kelly there, the traffic lights, yeah. turn right. It's just there in the corner of me. It's something similar. I'd say it was probably based on the same one then that he did. It was against Tyrone in, in 86. But he's led by the name of Mike O'Donnell. He actually played with Stacks. I remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah lovely. He's, he's a very talented guy at what he's doing. And he's done several. Did you talented. know about this mural before? No, 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 I had no idea about it. Just, I, know, I swear to God. I you must have got some slagging off the crew. Slagging desperate altogether. Absolutely. Get out of well, as I was saying, I haven't free port on the castle back the rest of my life, and I list the bias. No, I, I didn't, I didn't, know. No, nobody said a word to me, but it didn't bother me. No. Tell me, going back to that, those 70s, um, and again, obviously for people who aren't au fait with Tralee football and Terry football, that Stacks team, Mikey, I mean, you grew up together in a way. I mean, or were you different vintages? Because there was John O, there was Gerard Keefe, there was John L., there was yourself, there was Dini Long, there was Powery. Yeah. Yeah. The boys, I'd say John O, Powery, Jero Keith, Tony O'Keefe, who was on the squad. Oh, yeah. Would, would have been around the same <coughs> vintage. They would have been a couple of years ahead of me. So I wouldn't have played underage under 16, we'll say. I did play minor with them, okay. Mm. So, um, and Dini Long then obviously joined the club whenever, in the, was it late 70s or whenever. So, so, so we would basically, though, you know, we all came together then. Um, I suppose at minor level and and then obviously at senior level there was a great foundation when you had five four or five fellas on a, on, on a county team which yeah. was always going to give you a, give you a base and we were lucky enough that we were involved with Kerry at a very successful time and again I'm, go, I'm interested now because you know there's the whole politics at the moment in football about inter-county players and their commitment to the club or not yeah. How often realistically did you train or did you even attend training with the stacks during the season back then? We didn't really, like, no, genuinely, because Miko, I suppose, Miko, who in my eyes is still the, the best manager, Gaelic manager of all time, Miko had a job to do. Mm-hmm. He didn't give one hoot about a club, I tell you straight out. Right. I know that myself. Yeah. Talk to and then in fairness, he was right, he had a job to do. He was the Kerry manager. He wanted Kerry to be successful. So he had first call on us, really, you know. So we, we missed the Pine County League games and that yeah. with the club. Now, Powery at the time probably was in Dublin, and John and were, were in Dublin in, in the early, earlier years. So they'd have been training probably with me Hall and whatever. You know? Yeah. And they wouldn't have been down barring for maybe County League games if we were allowed to play. But I would go down uh, training the, if I was available, if we were on training with Kerry, I'd go down. But I, you wouldn't do the full session. You'd go down, have a few kicks and try, try and be there. And, you know, I used to often say, in particular, as I said to you earlier on, if Kerry won an All-Ireland final and we won, like the boys, we wouldn't come up maybe until Thursday night before. And the county final then was the following Sunday. And that's very, very unfair. And the ordinary club guy. Yeah. Even though they never, in fairness to them, they never, they never protested about it. And it wasn't and just one coming back. It was probably three or four well, coming back. There was, there was, it 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 was, um, he lives above in Strat Road, <laughs> right in the middle of it. Really? Yeah, he bought up there. No, it didn't really, Tony, because when myself and Grandy got married, we built a house out in Farmer's Bridge. All right. So I lived there for a few years. So you could have been a Bally Mac. Could have been a Bally Mac, is right. But uh, came to town then. I think we came back in around 82. And uh, uh, no, it was just, it, 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 it wasn't the fact that I wanted to specifically live here. And would you believe it? I like I was born and reared in Brendan's Park, which is my my our, our family home. Would only be what two, three, four hundred yards mm. across the road yeah. inside Brendan's Park. So no, it was completely coincidence. Okay. Yeah, completely Tell coincidence. me how passionate or anxious or engaged you are with the Rock. No, I mean obviously you'll be there Sunday, and it's a big one because it is Strand Road. But are you engaged, or do you just maybe just go as an ordinary spectator? I would say that's a good point. I'd say, no, I go as a, as a spectator and not involved in any capacity, but engaged. Funny enough, this year, for whatever reason is in it, I don't know, is that I find myself uh, 
being far more nervous going to the games, not watching them because I think they're exciting. Mm-hmm. You know that, and there is, you know, there's, 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 there's. I suppose the likes of Kieran Donny, he's still being involved, and I was involved with him um, at 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 Kerry level, and uh, maybe, maybe it is that. And Wayne Quinlan, who I know quite well, yeah, the the trainer, the, the young lads involved, and it's just it's exciting, and I think people particularly down the line, you know, Tim McMahon is, is chairman of the juvenile section mm. and the likes of Colin Mayne. There's so many now I hate mentioning names because I, I forget fellas. Yeah. But I think they have a fantastic um, underage structure within the club and I think that's why. Now, maybe we're lucky enough in that in, that, in our area there's still development going on, you know, but, but I just think that the work as well has been done by these guys mm. and the coaches at underage level is serious, serious yeah. stuff. And but I wouldn't have been involved, you know, the last time I was involved with the sex, I'd say it was with Billy Cotton, I can't even remember what years it was for a couple of years, mm. giving him a hand. And um, I would have been involved years ago, to, I'd say just 20 years ago, at under 16 at minor level. Yeah, but like in fairness, you were a Kerry selector up to 2018 or something, was it? Yeah. I, was, I was, and I was involved, yeah, 2018, I was involved with um, Challenge Alec at, at minor level as well, and under 21. So I would, I would always be active, but but funny enough, I'm 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 more excited and nervous going to games this year because mm. I think that there's 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 major major hope I suppose and expectations of the squad that's there, and in particular, I would. It is only Wednesday, <laughs> one o'clock on Wednesday, and I'm getting excited about the game on Sunday because particularly because it's Strand Road. Yeah, there's no doubt, and I have great friends in Strand Road and. Funny enough, you mentioned him earlier on, John Dowling. Myself and John were great friends. Like, yes. I think you might know that. We used to, myself and John would, would have a coffee every morning of, of, of three years. God, when he I was playing with Kelly. He was in it. I mean, you know, you're talking about your legendary, well, you don't talk about your legendary yeah. status, you never do. But geez, even when I was yeah. young, John Dowling's name yeah. resonated in wrong tone, didn't it? It resonated in wrong tone. Like, I mean, the work that man, like, I, I think it was John, like, the fruition when they won. They won in 2002, two, was it? Yeah, they were beating the final in 2008. And they were beating the final. Yeah. But it was definitely John's walk. And yeah. John, John, John got them. Because they were. It was like when we were on top, Strand Road were poor. You know, mm. and, and, you know, and they were making it. But it was John Dowling's. Yeah, he's kind of like the godfather of the club oh, almost there, isn't he? Like, completely. Completely, yeah. absolutely. But as I said, a great time for him. Because I remember an incident when I did my cruciate, actually, in... 1987 or 88 it was, I'd say it was 88, was it? I played a club game with the Stags and I knew I was a ghost and uh, got injured anyway and was at home feeling sorry for myself and uh, it was Easter Sunday and there was no sign of me on the, the Tuesday with obviously the bank holiday was on the Monday and I remember um, I was above the farm, I was worried above my own because feeling sorry for myself, I, my leg, I was in crutches and I knew my Career was finished at next to yeah. the end of it. 11 o'clock on the Tuesday morning, there's a knock at the door. There's no mobile phones in those days. Yeah. John Doe. Yeah. John. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I said, I think my knees go to the spring. Like, you know, just, yeah. that's standing. Like, I mean, there was famous stories about John Dowling playing through the pain barrier. Like, yeah. you know, John couldn't understand. I said, I think my crusade has gone. He didn't know what a crusade was. Oh, yeah. yeah. My what but I... it was that genuine, like, and like, you think now the the, the the rivalry that we would have had, like you know, yeah. And no, you you would have so much respect for that man, you know. I'd yeah, and of course his grandson is a key player. Yeah, Barry John, a great lad, key player. Yeah, he's a serious player. Like yeah, that, I heard he had a big semi final. No, in fairness to him, and he had a, he had a, he had a massive quarter final as well. Tell me, I want to go back a small bit. Um, I would have to say. Probably Shane Lowry, Padraig Harrington, Donald Lennon, and Mikey Sheehy. Yeah. What do those four men have in common? I've never met another or other sports people who achieve so much and are so, what's the word, modest about it. I'd say, like, in terms of, do you ever look back? I mean, you're certainly not a legacy hunter, but you must look back, Mikey, at times when you're making the tea here in the kitchen, say to yourself, Jesus, we had a great run at it. I don't know. Some, so, sometimes you would, I suppose, you know, when, but yeah, not very often, Tony, like, you know, I, I get, I get, I don't know, it's just the way I made up, really, and mm. I suppose maybe it was the way I was reared at home. And uh, my mother and father, we came from a great, great, lovely, happy family. Mm. And, um, you know, if, even since I've retired, which is 30 years plus, right, 
And if somebody starts talking about about something, I'm not comfortable with when they start talking about me. I, I just prefer to change the subject straight away. Yeah. And it's just the way I am. I, I always will be. Sometimes you do when you're on your own, and particularly now, like say big games coming up now, like championship matches, like Kelly O'Kagan, you do kind of not as often as I would. You would kind of reminisce in your head, like you know, yeah. you'd be saying, "What I what I would always be thinking is, what are the players doing now? You know, on a Sunday morning, was, mm-hmm. you know." 11 o'clock or they're having a rope down or a, a break or a lie down or having a, having a cup of tea or whatever, you know, just just that. And you would think back then to all times, which was totally different. Like, I mean, the players nowadays, they go on the, the buses. We used to go on cars, like, yeah. you know, which was, which was, we never went into Cork Park on a bus, you know, totally you, different. But you just, you would remember and, 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 and try and come Talk to me a little bit about that upbringing. I don't know how you siblings, but I know, like, I mean, yeah. in terms of how you were reared, your mother and father, were they modest people? They were very quiet people, yeah. My father was a fanatic and, and, and football. He was, right. he was, that's where I got my interest in my life. Six sisters, no brother. All right. So I was spoiled. Which was yeah, you were the golden child, literally. Literally, well, and um, I just had a f- love playing football and always having a ball over in Brindis Park up against the Gable Wall. And my mother then and Paddy Shea, God rest him, used to always slag me. Um, before I got married, even though Grandis said to me, no, she said I used to do it as well. But when I used to come training in those days, you had your own gear. No, they had their own gear laid out for them yeah, when they yeah. come training. But we used to have our own gear. But my mother, my poor mother, she used to have my gear perfect. She used to have uh, it completely colour coordinated. In those days, I'd have usually to be maybe soccer gear you'd have on. Obviously, I'm a big Man United fan, and I wouldn't have had many Man United jerseys on me, but the one that I used to love wearing was the old Crystal Palace one. Right. It was a kind of a vertical or a horizontal stripes. Yes. And a kind of a light blue togs and the socks. I mean, geez, and, and different ones. And there was another one then, it was like a Birmingham City jersey and white togs and blue socks. But she used to have the, the whole thing colour coordinated for me. Then I used to have my two, three pair of boot, pairs of boots, and if I was training during the winter, she'd have Dublin. I don't know if you've ever... I remember it. Yeah, yeah. She'd yeah. have the Dublin. It's kind of a Vaseline. Yeah, Vaseline. Vaseline. Yeah. To soften the boots and keep them perfect for me, like, so... Yeah. And probably she used to be laughing, then they were more or less that, you know, when I, when I left home, that I wasn't as well out of time, even though Granny would be too happy to hear that, though. No. Yeah. No, actually, before we leave that subject about those little uh, ticks that you had, over the years, two great stories I heard about you, and I want to find out if they're true or false. I was in Henry's one time years ago, and they said, you used to come in the week before the All-Ireland, or whenever it was, get your boots, and you always got them almost a half size too small. Yeah, Is that true? It's true, yeah. It's what true. was that? What was the I don't know. It was just, I was very picky about my boots and about the size of boots. And, you know, I, I'd say if, 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 if you had a camera, which they wouldn't have had, and, and me out in the field before the game started, I'd say it rip my laces and tie them again about 10 times. In the warm I just think, yeah, I just think in my head, that Jesus, that maybe one of them is a little bit looser, you know, it was, yeah. it was, and it was a silly, it was all up there, it was, it was, it was silly, silly thing or something. It was probably part of the tension on the day. But, but it was probably part of your regime because the other thing I heard yeah. about it, I forget who told it to me, but it's years ago, is, and you've probably said it there with your yeah. mother, is, the night before All Ireland, yeah. you used to tog out, did you? Well, in full? Yeah, explain that to me. I would. I don't know. Just, just, just felt good. I'd have my my jersey. Obviously, I would have the jersey that we were wearing yeah. or something. But I'd have another Kerry jersey and just put on your gear and put up, put up your socks. I don't know. It just made me feel good. Yeah. I don't know why. Now you do it out the backyard. And obviously, I wouldn't be doing it for some reason. Looking at it. And some folks might say, "You wouldn't do that after on kick and freeze or practice." No, but I used no. to just do it. It was just. Yeah. Just a, just a force of But it was a routine. It was a routine. Yeah. Absolutely a routine. Yeah. And you, over the years, Mikey, did your routines, I mean, from your first All-Ireland in 75, all the way up to, was it 86, was your last All-Ireland? last one, yeah. Did yeah. your routine change or used to stick to it religiously and almost to the point of if anything went awry, your head was scrambled? Yeah, I would, I, I would say. That's, 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 that's a good description. I would, I would nearly stick. To, to, to my routine. The only the only problem to choose I, I I was cranky the week of a, of a big match in All Ireland in particular. Right. And my poor mother again like and she would you know she'd take the brunt of it. And I wouldn't be cranky with her but and I I'd I'd be very snappy. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't from, from maybe midweek on. And I remember at times then you, you you'd have a ticket situation and in those days like nowadays I see players they get their tickets and they just give them to somebody to 
to get rid of them. Sure. In our time, when the fellas ring you, even though there was no mobile phones, but they get you on the landline and they'd be ringing you below in the office, any chance of a spare ticket, you know, and it used to annoy me, like, you know, and then my poor mother, I think one year, I don't know, I can't remember, she, she, she said she was looking for a ticket for somebody on a Friday, and I said, man, gee, you know, and you know this, this, this type. You didn't of thing. say Jeannie Mac probably. No, I didn't. Way. Yeah. No, I didn't. But um, you know, no, but, but but in general, I would have I would have stuck stuck to the routine fairly fairly religiously. But Shay was like that. I mean, there was a few of the boys like oh, that. Paddy like was a fierce man for shows. Oh, wasn't yeah. he? All together, like. buying the suit from Donny Rooney, yeah, yeah, and a Friday. He'd have to come in and he'd have to buy it from Donny Blonde when he arrived. It was like, it was unbelievable, yeah. Yeah. He had to do it, yeah. And like, I remember Tomas and the boys were telling me, like, I mean, when he was actually leaving but behind inventory, he'd be looking for particular little, like, cats or oh, pigeons cats. or crows <laughs> that were kind of almost seeing yeah. him off, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, I suppose Dwyer wasn't, even though it was before psychologists, Mikey. Yeah. Like, Dwyer was actually a psychologist. Oh, he was. Wasn't he? he Which was. he, like, he think incredible. I mean, he was incredible. Because I know it from myself. You know, and he was the same with every player. And he'd tell you, you know, I've often quoted this, he'd tell you, you know, God, you're, you know, you need to get the banner, you know, you're carrying a bit of weight, you know, this will be sometime, you know, maybe towards the end of the league, yeah. get out and do a few runs, you know, and and then then later on in the season, then you'd be going. Well, you know, and you would, like, you actually would do, if he'd ask you to run from Killarney after training back to Tralee, you'd do it for him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, then, you know, you, you know, you were improving, and then he'd come and he'd tell you, like, you know, he said, geez, you're getting down. Sure, I mean, that was, that, was, that was psychology at its best. Yeah. I remember after one All-Ireland semi-final, he said to me, I can't remember exactly what year it was. And he said, uh, and I was, I was, I was, I was, I, I felt good, physically very good at the time. And, because uh, I, I used to pick up injuries for whatever reason. And he says to me, you're, you're, you're a great Nick now. He says, I'd be doing very little with you. Right. He said, no, coming off the field, after the game, like going into the training, into the, into the old dressing rooms under the QC stands. And yeah. He said, I'll be doing very little with you now. He said, between here and the final, it was about four weeks, you know. And, and, and another time then, I'd been injured during the league. And again, the year was not only a match, 100% sure. And I missed the league final against Cork. Uh, I tore ligaments in my ankle. And I, good, but I worked very hard to get back, and I did. And they were picking the team. And uh, and and the Thursday night we used to do a pitching with training Killarney, and there was a bit of speculation that the team that won the league final might start. Mm. I know who played. I think you know, maybe John Kennedy or whoever. Oh, it was Daniel. Yeah. And um, next thing, anyway, um, I was saying, I, you know, I, I was doing as well as I could in training, and you'll be you try trying extra bit. And I remember after the shower, Tony, he followed me in uh, when we'd finished. And he waited specifically until I was going out of the dressing room. And he called me and he says to me, I'll tell you now, he says, um, how are you feeling? I said, I feel great. And he says, um, don't worry about the weekend now, he says, because there's a bit of speculation. He says, you'll be starting. Right. Jesus. Like I said to you, I'd have ran actually from Canal. Yeah. And did he have, psychology, like, did he have that Mikey from 74? Or was that something... That loyalty and buy-in that just came after a few All-Irelands. I think it probably came after a few All-Irelands, you know, because I, I yeah, probably, probably he learned as he went along, you know, he certainly, he certainly improved that, that, that party thing. But I mean, the point I make about him, Tony, like when he took over, like, you know, um, in 75, he, he had been selected with Johnny Collins in the previous year. But when he took over in 75 in March or whenever it was, yeah. like, like, I never in my life got tired of listening to him in a dressing room. Really? No, ever, ever, never, you know, and it was funny when I was involved with Kerry, with Eamon Fitzmaurice, before the 2016 All-Ireland semi we were beaten by a couple of points, and we, we could have won, I if remember you remember, it. Yeah. the late the Peter Crowley incident, mm-hmm. and Eamon Fitzmaurice said to me, will we get Nico in? To present the jerseys to the boys mm-hmm. and uh, on the the Thursday night, give give them their jerseys, and um, I said, "God, my God, that would be a fantastic idea." And Eamon had an idea that we bring him to the to the to the hotel after, and Mikko was Eamon was talking to him, was it John or whoever, and, uh, and Eamon says to me, "Then he said, Do you know something?'" He says, "Should we bring him into the dressing room?" And now the dressing room's obviously in Canada and they've changed totally. Yeah. And he was inside the dressing room. My God, you know something? I I, 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 I couldn't believe. Like, that he spoke to the players. 
So brilliantly, it was exactly like our day. And, and you know, for a man like in 2016, he'd have been nearly 80 then, by the way. Yeah, he knew everybody. He knew everybody. And everybody that came up to him offered their jersey. He had a word for them, you know, and obviously the, some, some of the big ones, an extra little bit of a word. But he was incredible. And Ian had said it to me after, my God, he, said, he was in his natural habitat. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, and maybe that's the trick. Maybe it's oh. that he was never as comfortable as he was within the dressing room. Never as comfortable. And the way he spoke, like, but, you know, and I just, through my eyes around the dressing room, the players were just in awe, you know. And yeah. You could, you could hear a pin drop, you know, but I was, he was lucky. He was an, an incredible man in my eyes. You described him as the greatest manager that you've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Is that, did you choose that word properly, manager? Like, was he was he more a manager than a coach? Well, or no, which, he was everything. He was everything, was he? He was manager. He was the, he was a coach. He was the physical trainer. Like, you think and a psychologist. And a psychologist, which is the most important thing in my eyes that he was. Yes. Yeah, and he was, he was, he was brilliant, you know. Even another part of his psychology was, he'd say, like, we'd be training awful hard and we'd get in these long ones. Tough training, but nobody would ever refuse or nobody would ever, ever wilt in him because you, you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want yeah. to show weakness. And he'd say to me, anyway, he'd say, uh, uh, will, you, will you collect... Um, six or seven new footballs and uh, for, you know we knew then the weather was getting good there'd be a bit of a, a ball coming but he'd say we'd be doing a session like we'd be doing maybe four nights consecutively and we might have two hard nights done the next thing he'd say look we're getting there and fellas and females they're really going there they're mad for a ball they're very little ball to yeah, yeah. and he'd say do you know what no look tomorrow night no look we'll do another good tough session and we're you know we're, we're nearly there but this is part of the psychology. We'd arrive into training then. We'd be out in the field, be lovely evening, uh, bouncing the ball, and the new balls would be appearing in there. So, like the warm ups are very little. The warm ups, the, the, the key fellas used to stretch, all right, John Owens yeah, yeah. and whoever else was there, Dean and then we'd do two laps of the field. The next thing he said, No, we'll do no less. He'd pick all a bit of paper and he'd have two teams picked in. <laughs> yeah. Fellas were like young calves on the place. George, Jesus, he got more again out of us. No, arguing and tonight football, but they'd be going through to be like a, a championship game. And, and what what is it? What is it, Mikey, about a footballer and the sight of a new O'Neill size oh, five? Isn't it? Oh, it is amazing. Even when I was in Bobby Curry, you'd see the new balls there, and you'd say, Oh my god, yeah. you know what it is. You know it's, it's kind of they nearly stick to your hands, somewhere. yeah, and they're just odd. Oh, Jesus, and they seem nicer to kick everything, but you're too. And, and when, they're pumped, when they're pumped to the full, sometimes you feel they're too hard. Did you yeah. ever have any difficulty kicking freeze off the ground with a new, you know what I mean? Like no, sometimes, I, well, or you, you were, because it was all off the ground then. All off the ground then. Maybe, maybe, sometimes, but no, it never kind of bothered me, really, Tony. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take any great notes, but it's, it's sometimes now if you were playing an old club game, it'd be balls and like balloons and get on together like everyone's saying what's wrong with him today but uh, no in general no they would how much quality would be how, how much did you concentrate more on practice as you got older especially like with your free taking I'd say do you know something I, I think as I got older I did less practice for whatever reason yeah. I, I always kind of felt it was on the day now I do I do a good bit of practice obviously after training you know, when we were leading up to a game, I'd spend maybe half an hour after training, and I'd, I'd have done a bit before training as well. But a lot of players would go, would have gone down, I know that, I don't know about the present players, but up to maybe 10 years ago, I heard of players that go on, on the Friday night, you know, before mm. the game, they got on to their club field. I never did that, no. No. No, I just, I used to go actually out, 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 out to Banner for a bit of a walk or whatever, you know. And Absolutely. Again, that was part of the routine. Maybe my go jog maybe for a half mile or something and then walk away and yeah. just always on a Friday night on my own. Nobody with me. Way back over around the cold track. Yeah. Know, just, 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 just funny. You mentioned there a while ago about, and I, I can vouch for this with you yeah. over the years, that you hate people, not that you hate is the wrong word, you, yeah. you, you've no problem with people coming up to you but you don't no. have them talking about you. No, absolutely. And yeah. I remember a night many moons ago and you can imagine how long ago it is now you and I we were at a rose ball we, weren't, we were talking at a rose ball one night and I'd say we were standing together for about an hour and the number of people that came up did you ever get sick of it? 
I know Grind, you probably got sick well, of it, but did you ever? Grind, you probably would. No, I wouldn't really, no, because I think most people are nice and they, 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 they want to engage, they want to have a chat, and I have no issue with that. Like, yeah. No, you wouldn't talk this game as much nowadays because people wouldn't know you as much, but, but then you would. I have no issue with it. I don't know, it's maybe just, just about the way I was reared. Just, but I, I, I didn't have any problem with it whatsoever, no. no yeah. No issue with it, no, no. I don't. I don't believe you that people don't come up these days to you. Ah, they would. Some people would like it, but but um, but in those days they would like. But I didn't have a bother, you know. And and, and some fellas used to slag me, and they'd say, "Jesus, if you're inside the bar for a couple of pints, and, and uh, the biggest flag in the bar could come over to you." Yeah. And and uh, but I didn't know issue with that, like not at all. You know, I, I was trying to be nice to somebody that was it. And I know you said it's very much in 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 how you were brought up, but do, was there ever a stage? that you actually felt to yourself that it maybe was going to the head and you had to kind of pull yourself back? Well, I'd say, do you know something? I don't think it ever, it did, because if it did, I'd be, I, I had my wings clipped at home big time, like, you know. By mother and father? Oh, by both, yeah, yeah. Would Particularly you? by my father. He would, oh, he would, he would. Because he was a very unassuming, quiet man. No, he never played. He played He played football in club years ago, uh, I think, with, with long range of years. And he, you know, at, at, at not never at a high level, but yeah, he he would still have 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 that that just you know you're only as good as your last game and you know and you just be very very grounded, right. very very grounded in a nice way. He yes, wouldn't, he wouldn't ever, you know, and you know I suppose it was funny the rituals after games in those days like we that we go in, but groups of us like you know yeah. there, there was never a, a function that night that we kind of sat down. We'd all meet up in the grand in that highway. I'd always meet my mother and father and my sisters. Right. And granted, and when she when she she came on the scene under the the the, the you know the the independent um, bridge outside Crow Park. Oh yeah. Right yeah. inside, just up there. Yeah. I'd meet them religiously after a game, and whether whether you won or 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 last. No, mostly we were lucky enough that we won. They were there, and all they said to my, my father, in particular, no, he he loved it. He loved he loved his football. Loved loved going for a pint, and all they say was well done or hard luck, and whether you were good or whether you were bad, it was the same story the whole time. But there was no even if you were the best player on the field, you weren't going to get special treatment, or if you were the worst player, you get exactly the same reception. He, he wasn't the kind of a father who said like, should you not have passed that? No, no, he never said a word. Never, no, no, no. He never, 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 even, you know, not, never, even after the 82 All-Ireland, like, and I missed the penalty at the crucial stage of the game, and he never, he never even drew it down, would you believe that? No, after, never, never said, Jesus Christ was an awful attempt, or, <laughs> yeah. or never, you know, or what were you thinking, or would, were you not right kicking the ball, or whatever, no, never said it, or, or never said if you, you know, did something right, he never said it. A question on that, by the way, you you were probably centrally involved, you'd have to agree, in two of the most dramatic All-Irelands in the history of the GAA, in 78 and 82. Yes. Are you reminded more of the Paddy Cullen one, or are you reminded more of the Martin Forlan one? No, would you believe it? And this is not no passing the buck, no more about the Paddy Cullen. Paddy Cullen. I would have imagined so, uh, yeah. There's, 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 most people want to talk about that. No, to be fair, very few people have mentioned 82, and I think Seamus Darby probably saved me. Well, I was going to say, the, the 82... We talk about Seamus Darby, even though my penalty was crucial at the time. But, here's the thing, yeah. I remember you and I chatting years ago, and you made a very fair point, yeah. and I think somebody else was in the company the same night, and they said, that famous day in 1982, yeah. there wasn't too many other guys stepping up no, to take the penalty out. There was no volunteer, but there was plenty of volunteers later on that night, when they were all pissed like myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I why did you take it, and why I did you take it, or this? But no, there wasn't. And look, I mean, you know, it, it, was, it, was, um, it was one of those things. And in fairness, to Offaly, do you know something? And I'd know, I'd know a lot of the Offaly lads very well. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose of all counties to beat you, you know something, yeah. they weren't a bad bunch, they were great, great for a small county. Yeah. They're, like they won hurling, all Ireland's, they won football, all Ireland's, no game, Shane, golfers, one of the best golfers. Yeah. And they're in, great, and they're nice people. And in 1980, nice people. there was that classic shootout in the semi-final. That's right. When Matt Taylor Matt got a goal, or Matt Connor, sorry, Matt got, what did he get? 2-9. 2-9. Oh, and in 81... Did Jerry Cowell hit the crossbar at a crucial stage in that game, a lot of people don't remember. Midway through the second half. In which, fight, in which one? The 81 final. Okay. He did, he hit the crossbar, hit back in it, 
and Charlie, brilliant keeper, beat and hit the crossbar and came out. It was a very important stage. Of the yeah, the second half. Because I remember the goal, the famous yeah. goal where Mia O'Hare says, "I know they're really rolling." Do you remember yeah, he yeah. walked it up and Jacko? Right. Like that. Yeah, yeah. That came at a vital stage. I mean, oh, I guess it was only ten or fifteen minutes vital. left, and it, it was in the melting pot. Vital stage. What the game was in the melting pot. Yeah, it? And, and and as I said, you'll take you back to that shot by Johnny Carroll off the crossbar. So they were close enough to us always. Like, yeah. You know, and Eugene McGee, the late Eugene McGee, God rest his soul, he was a brilliant coach, like he was a very good tactician. Now that would come from more from talking to John and Ogie, who had played under him in the right. city. He was ahead of his time as well. Very, 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 very astute man on the line. You know? How long, forget the penalty, I mean, I'm talking about the actual being denied history. Yeah. How long did it take you to shake that out of your system for good? back a long time. I'll tell you that, a long yeah. time, a long time, yeah. Because I would have felt, you know, particularly bad, obviously, about, about, about missing the penalty. And I know how much it meant to Mikko, mm. and all that now. And Mikko took Mikko, I'd say Mikko, a lot of people said Mikko never got over it. And no. Probably we didn't either, but as I said, the other time does, you know. It, it, but I, I'd say I'm through, I'm through a bad, bad, bad phase for a long time after. Like as in months or years? Oh, I'd say years. You really? Know, years, yeah. just thinking about it. No, not, not yeah it could be yeah yeah i mean i i get that because it's the it's the old saying isn't it like you remember the losses that's, more than the wins yeah I, I would have said that i'd said it said that to you before when we were doing an interview that definitely you remember you know when somebody said to you what do you remember more i remember 82 Come straight away to me first, like really. Oh, despite all the other oh, age, despite all I'm telling you, yeah, that, that would come to me first, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have all your eight medals left? I do. I do. I have. Do you know? But given how meticulous yeah, you were about everything, you must, oh, you must have come inside in a box somewhere. Do you that? No. I, 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 I thought you'd have made brooches no, and stuff out I of them. Made brooches. No, no, no. I have four grandchildren now. And I'd say, I'd look after them with, with medals down the road. No, you know, that's, that's, that's the way it would be, you know. That's, 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 that's not. Them sign, them sign the box somewhere. Genuinely, Grant, you know where they are? I have no idea where they are now. There's yourself, P.O., Spillane and Pauly. And Ogie. Five of us. Oh, there's, is there five, five and eight? Yeah. Five and eight. And I think Cluxton got to, did he, Cluxton get to the eight? Mm-hmm. They did, but they're incredible, like, and they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And James McCarthy has eight, hasn't he? There's a few of them have eight. Fenton? No. No. Right. Fenton doesn't have eight. Um, James McCarthy, definitely. Philly McMahon probably has eight. He was going with a good bit. Clocks and Stephen Clocks and definitely has eight. Um, who else? No, there, there must be, there's a couple of them. You saw them, Mikey, at yeah. close quarters because you were a selector with Fitzmaurice. I did. No, in did. fairness. I would have to say of Fitzmaurice, I think he must have been one of the unluckiest carry yeah, managers. Unlucky. Like, I mean, you look at 2013, yeah. the, no, the no show in 2015, right. and yet still could have got a draw with it at the end. The semi final in 2016, could have gone our way. Yeah. Could have gone your way. But what, I mean, I, I guess you, with your football brain, would look at that Dublin side and say, what was their special attribute? Just I, I I just think and, and it, it sounds very simple, but they just stuck as Jim Gavin always said, stuck to the process. They never panicked like I mm. never saw any of them panicking out in the field. The only time I saw a little bit of a chink was that day in the two thousand and sixteen semi final, before half time. And we, we caught them for the two goals. I remember. One of them was off a short kick out out to the Hogan side, yeah. Yeah, they kind of pressed it that we had walked on and the killer for us that time was at half time came at the wrong time. They did. We had them. They were panicking a little bit because myself and, and Moffitt were above them and we had just come down just before half time. And and we were just on the sideline, just there, and you could see. And they were they were they were beginning to get to get to get to get cranky with each other, you know, funny enough. And I will always remember James McCarthy got a dunt from one of our lands. Just Going that time, like to me, he's a Rolls Royce player. Mm. I think Brian Finton, like, is probably been, you know, again, he's up, he's up with Jacko probably. But I think of all the players I've seen with Dublin, I think he's the best. Really, I do. That's I interesting. James, I yeah. do. I think he's the Rolls Royce. <coughs> he's played full. I, mean, I think he's been played fullback or something nationally. I mean, Antonio Rodgers played centre back, wing back, midfield. He could play anywhere. 
what he got a don't going in and he was so going in like I could see see them. And you wouldn't wish he came out in the second half Tony like and he just dominated the game. Yeah. And again, Jim Gavin and I say Rico is the greatest and, and I would still say that but Jim Gavin would would be very, very close to him. Yeah. Obviously with his record. And I think Jim Gavin, you know, he's he's he he's so calm as well on the sideline like and the thing I would say about him that whether it has come from his background in the in the army or the, the air corps or whatever, but you know, very gracious man, always. Like, mm-hmm. You know, no, mostly he was he was we were, he was consoling us, but he was even we beat him in the national league final and once or twice. Never beat him in a big championship game. Mm-hmm. But I also I, I always just felt, do you know something about the players? Even even you remember two thousand fifteen that we played terrible and could have snuck a draw and it would have been robbery. But I just felt even the Dublin players out on the pitch, yeah, they were elated in that, but they were they were they were grounded. I'm sure once they got in into their dressing room, they were mad. Yeah. But there was this kind of um, what's the word I'd use? Bit of dignity. Dignity, absolutely. Yeah. You know? And I think that I think Dublin people should realise, and I, I'm sure they do, that these are a special bunch of Absolutely. Players. I think oh, dignified is probably a better word than dignity, it's dignified, yeah, I, I think. And yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't know a lot of them now, you know, yeah. that I don't think I've spoke that much to anybody uh, any of them but but it, when you did meet the guy they're, they're very 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 sound young lads you know you know very as i said dig, dignified is a is a very good description yeah you know, you know. Well, the last time you and i actually chatted um i was doing a piece about the fantastic corner forwards that had gone through the generations mm-hmm. from mikey to morris to Gooch, oh, yes. to Clifford. Yeah. And of course, you know, you yeah. being you wrote yourself out of the conversation, yeah. like as kind yeah. of like, which yeah. I I want to actually argue that with you a small bit now. Um, you, okay, you leave yourself out of the conversation. Yes. Yes. How do you, which of the other three would you like most in your team? Oh, Jesus, that's, that's a difficult one. I think the three of them, like the three, three exceptional players, Morris, Gooch, and... Um, and David, um, do I have to give you one? I do. Because <laughs> imagine them as a full forward line. Because well, you could actually, but you could actually play Morris as a fifteen because he was two footed. You could play. You could play Clifford at thirteen. You could play Gooch at full forward. You could. You could. Like like David Clifford is exceptional, like you know, but he's still he's still only possibly twenty two. Twenty three. Twenty two. Twenty three. Twenty two. Twenty three. Um, who I I, I I I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't give you an answer because yeah. I, I'd love to play. I know, but I think given anything to get with, with the three of them, you know, I think I think they were they were, they were all exceptional. I think David, obviously, he's very young, and I, I think he's going to shoot the lights out. But I think Morris and Gooch, like, and they talk about our team now, they would be on any team, like, and yeah. like you'd have to pick a spot. They were artists. Oh, geez, artists completely. Like, yeah, two, 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 two of the greatest that that have ever ever done. Yeah, and, the and I remember you telling me one time, like obviously when you were involved with Kerry, obviously yeah. you saw Gooch two nights a week in training mm. in Killarney when no one else did. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And I remember even Pat Shea talking to me about this. Obviously, Pat would know him better than any of us. Some of the things he could do mm-hmm. with the ball. And I'm not just talking about scoring. I'm just talking about his creativity. His creativity, actually, in 2016, like I mean, it was like a new lease of life to him. And I remember, it was probably was the time when you were over there, that we were over, do you know where you have your spot over yourself in the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Portugal, yeah. We had an AVB game one evening. I'd say we were like him and said, what would you do with another game? Because we were, it was our first evening there. It was a beautiful tour. It was a tour of the evening, I'd swear. And we had an AVB game. I'd say it was that year, possibly. Gooch was under 40 and Eamon refed it and he just left it flowing. Well, there was a bit of clipping going on, right? Yeah. And Jesus was the best footballer I've seen like Bloody's, oh my god, it was absolute. But the, the, the coach was absolutely in his pump, really. Oh my in terms of what, so just everything, just being clinical. But, but his vision was absolutely frightening. Like, I mean, he, 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 like, I always kind of felt that he had eyes in the back of me. I don't know, I won't mention training in, in, in Killarney, and he probably doesn't even remember this himself. Like, and he gave he pinned the pass, he was over to tell the side the opposite end now to the, to the dressing room end. And he was on the right hand side. He was playing something, but he drifted out on a ball. And one of our lads went through, I can't remember. I, I know the player, but I don't want because I don't remember. 
And you've had the tongue to sweat for, for the past, but your man's past was so good. It's actually, you're learning here. <laughs> I forgot to In the throat. On the throat, man. It's like, yeah. No, he, your man should have caught it. He should have been snapped enough that he would just come. But he hit it with the outside of his foot. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. Just incredible. He was there was another day that I saw him. And it, it was shocking after his mom passed away. And we didn't even want him there. I'd say she passed away during the week. He came down and he went for a few kicks. And Eamon had the boys up at the other end of the field. And I was on the sideline, which was enough, I'd say to us. And or somebody. And next thing he started kicking from the, again, from the terrace side, down, mm. into, the, down into the dressing room end. From the left side. So it was He's the wrong side, side for him, right? Yeah. Yeah, I tell you, no, no exaggeration. He pinned. I'd say he took, he took 10 kicks and I don't think he missed one. Over the bar, outside of the boot, obviously. Outside of the boot every time. Like he was, he was, he was just, just an incredible player. But see, the first time I saw Gooch playing was I was involved with Charlie. He was a minor. Yeah. And and again, what year was it? it was two thousand and was it two thousand and one maybe? Or even two ninety nine two thousand? I think yeah. Two thousand maybe. Yeah. I'm in Parkie Cleave. My God Almighty. He gave an exhibition that day, it was incredible. And he was probably about four stone then. And the jersey to miles too big for him. And he had it outside him and it was hanging off from nowhere to the street. Yeah. Hanging off him. He was now lost inside the jerseys. And I would I, I wouldn't be one hundred percent sure, but I would say Cork management tried three or four different markers on him mm-hmm. at the same time. And we were sitting in the old dugouts in Cork, I remember, it was not a place to watch it again because you were below, <laughs> below, below, the, below the grass, like, like yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. And I was watching it. And next thing, the second half in particular, he went to town in the Montego. And all I used to do was he'd get the ball, right? And next thing, he'd give it to me, he'd play one, two, the other ten. And all you'd see was the ball in the air. And all I was doing was looking at the, the, the umpire. And all you could see was the umpire. He was pointing as the ball was in the air. Oh, he yeah. was just absolutely. And Dublin beat us in the All-Ireland semi-final. And we'd have beaten them if we could get enough ball into the same day. Which we year? In... It was either 2000 or 2001 in the All-Ireland Okay, so, yeah. You check it. Because uh, uh, Danny Half was like, me, he was on the bench. Why didn't, why didn't you bring me on? Yeah. Uh, that, that semi-final in 2013, oh, was it a final or semi-final? Semi-final. Yeah. What an exhibition yeah. he gave that time. Again, if they could have got, he could have got the ball. Oh, got, the ball. Got, got the ball to him. He would have killed the game. Oh, he was incredible. Do you think, I mean, I'm not going to ask you about them being like you, yeah. but the way you're talking there, you really appreciated his talents because it was all about the vision and the pass and yeah. the accuracy, which let's face it, yeah. Yeah. if yeah. I was to describe yeah. yourself, similar. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. But yeah, another attribute that I always thought that he had, which which I loved about him as well, like is that he was totally unselfish like, mm-hmm. for such a brilliant player. Like you know, yeah. if he saw a player in a better position, that player always got the ball. And I see see him doing that even in training, always. He was never one of these guys, you know, you see a lot of the, the top players and they're great and sometimes they can say, well, you know, if there's a chance of goal and there's a chance of making sure that they'll, they'll have a goal. Yeah. And, you know, they'll, they'll take the chance and most times they'll, they'll nail it, right, because they're that good. But no, if he saw somebody in a better position and he felt to, to make sure that, that we were going to get a goal, he'd give the ball to the man in the battle. Do you have a theory at all, Mikey, and I know this is a very kind of a deep question now, like, but do you have a theory at all as to why Kerry produces that type of footballer? The four that I've mentioned. I just think it's, it's it goes it goes to tradition in that, in that we're so in that in that and this doesn't want to sound behaved by Kerry people, is that Football, as you know, Tony, it's a religion, like it yeah. is. And, and, and they, they, you know, other sports are making inroads, certainly their own, but there's nothing will ever surpass any football in Kerry. Mm. And and I think, you know, even the likes of David Clifford, not as young for us now, they're aspiring to be David Cliffords. And I just, you know, I, I'm hearing great reports about underage football, under 14s and under 16s around the county. Mm. Father John I know my great friend, he goes to pilot us underage games and college games and you hear about these different lads like coming through. I just yeah. think it's 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 a tradition. And I know like I, I I when I was growing up, like as I said, I had six sisters, so you know, and I didn't have any brother as such to, to keep body and some of the girls used to be keeping body. But that's all I wanted to do was play with Kerry. And I I, I, I don't know how now I know my father was a fanatic in the game and my mother's family would have been interested in the game. But 
I just ju- just wanted to do that, and I think that's. that's Did you why. have someone to look up to, like Morris might have looked up to you, like Gooch yeah. like might might look up to Morris? I would look up to Mick on every turn. Would you? I would, I would, yeah. I would, I would, corner forward, wing corner forward, forward, yeah. Corner forward, because my father, God rest him, used to always say that Mick was best positioned. He saw Mick Odewa play his best football as a wing back. He, back, broke, he yeah. broke his leg. I think he broke his leg twice. He did. He had a couple of bad breaks. I remember him he's saying. He's an incredible wing back. Yeah, but uh, and then he he he. He was the man I always looked up to, to Mick and obviously Mick O'Connell as well. I used to just admire Mick you know, when I used to see him in Crop Park. And, you know, I know he was in a totally different position to me, but my God, he was a purist, like he was a beautiful footballer, a beautiful kicker of the ball. Yeah. And just, he was, I always kind of felt about Mick O'Connell, he was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I think he'd have played well in any era. In any era. Oh, yeah. Tell yeah. me, just going back, and I'm bringing it right back now before we finish yeah. to, to current day. I mean, you're sitting here and you've you know had an incredible history when you look at we'll say some of the great players you know and they might not necessarily have a, you know eight all ireland medals like i mean who were the players that you actually were always looking at whether it was while you were playing or since or after you where you actually looked at them and thought to myself like yeah i can pick up something from him or He's, you know, that kind of a player. Is there, is there somebody like that? Yeah, there'd be a few players that I would have always liked. And again, of course, they'd be kind of forwards, like, <laughs> watching since. And even when I was playing, one, one fellow who, who, who I still love watching, and he played against us, so obviously it was Matt Connor, who was mm. an absolute genius. Genius. Absolutely. There's an entire generation now who have no idea no, actually how good Matt Connor was. Matt, Matt Connor was up there with that, like, Matt, 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 Matt had that tragedy. When, when, when he was, he was only 26, 27. Whatever. I don't think, you know, but so to me, he was incredible. Do you know who was another player who I, who I used to love watching was Tony McManus from mm-hmm. Ross Common. Tony yeah. was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful player. And other, other, other corner forwards then was, um, what's his name, from Down. I, I think he was a brilliant footballer, it was Mickey Linden. Yeah. God, he played absolutely into his 40s. Absolutely incredible footballer. Mm-hmm. Incredible footballer. But you know who I think pound for pound is probably one of the best that, that's ever played is Peter Cannon, obviously. Would you? Oh, Jesus, absolutely. I think he's he was an incredible footballer. Like, yeah. not, not a big not man. Not a big man. Oh, my God, what a brave man. But what a brilliant footballer. Man. Yeah. Gee, I thought his goal against us was in, was it in what year? The 2008. The one where he slipped it down beside Morph. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, off his weak side. Yeah, off his sneaker side. Like, it was incredible. Like, yeah. Oh, Jesus. And he'd do that all day long. That was just like him doing something out in the back garden. Yeah. You know, and even what year was it? He took the ball off Mosey Mulligan, do you remember, to kick it over against Armagh. That's right. I mean, you know, it, it, it wasn't a difficult kick for him, but it was a difficult kick. Yeah. It was a pressure kick. Yeah. But again, it was like this, though. He was down on his club pitch and kicked it over the bar. He, like, I think I think Peter Canavan, like, Pump Mooney, has got to play it again. Okay, let's let let's finish just by by going back. Um, your career, yes, such as it was, and it was an epic career. When you do, when you're washing the dishes, or when you're ever sitting down, <laughs> right? I'd be impressed with that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of? What are the things? What are the things that come into your mind's eye when you're kind of talking about those days, those great golden years, as they called? Do you know? Do you, do you know what I? What I loved about about those days, like particularly when you won, was having the crack, having a you know, and the friends that you made, you know that. No, mm. the, friend, the friendships really, Tony. Because you know, it's funny when we were playing, and our rivals like would have been Dublin and Cork, you mm. know, Cork and Munster, like you know, and, yeah. you know, and but, but we never had a, a great relationship with the boys, the Cork fellas or the Dublin fellas, a little bit with the Dublin lads because they used to come to the store. But the cock lads until we finished. Yeah. Isn't it amazing, you know? Mm. And and when we finished. Now the only lad that I would have been initially very friendly with cock was Dinny, Dinny Allen. Yeah. Because I met Dinny, we were in an all-star two in seventy-six and uh we would myself himself and Matt Connor having a few sessions together. Mm. Good 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 crack. But Dinny was working down here then I can't remember what year. He was in finance, wasn't he? Or something? No, was that it? was after. Oh that was after. He was he was he was a, a rep with Heineken. Okay. And uh, uh, Dinny, uh, he was down. That was around 1980 because I got married in 1980. Because Dinny was down, I think he can be. Uh, I think he sponsored the King of Ireland for the stay. Of course, and he was with us. So, but but since then, you know, and just 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 the friendships. And I suppose 
sometimes what what you would say to yourself, Tony, like, and this is this 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 doesn't I don't want this to come out calm, you know, whatever you put it about, mm. is the fact of being lucky to have been involved with that squad and the greatest manager of all time. Right? Yeah, that's that's what I said. You know, you you could have been in the era where things weren't good. You know, and you're you're and you're still putting in the same effort. Yeah, eighty six to ninety seven. Yeah, the, the year they came after twice, you. Twice, twice, absolutely. You you think of it, and that's what I do think. You know, about being lucky to have been involved and to have made made lifelong friends. You know, from 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 Kerry in particular and from from other counties. Yeah. Did you? I mean, are you too busy in the moment, or do you realise in those? 75s, obviously beaten in 76 and 77, and then 78, and then the run. Mm. Do you realise right then in the midst of it that you're in the middle of something very special, or are you just no. too busy? No, too busy, no. no playing. Playing, absolutely. Just wanting to, to win and win and win. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But you don't. You don't realise it. You don't You don't realise that this legacy is going to be there and it's something that you can look at. No, you're never thinking of it. Totally. Yeah. No, no that, that never, ever, ever crossed my mind. No. And how many kids do you have? I have two boys. Two boys. And I mean, when, yeah. when we're talking about not taking anything for granted, yeah. and I mean, we were talking about yeah. other stuff earlier, Mikey had a bad health scare. Yeah, in 2013. Yeah. Tell us about that and how it affected you and how it put everything. We're talking about... Put into perspective, yeah. Yeah, he got, he got, he was diagnosed with um, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right. Just out of the blue, basically. Like, he, and in fairness to the guy, he, he, he pursued it himself, you know, that he was just playing golf and he was carrying his bag and he just felt soreness down here and and we did the and reads he went for blood tests and they told him he was fine initially and, and then they discovered that, that, that he had the diagnosis it was, it was May May nineteen or um, in two thousand thirteen and um he went through his, his chemo six months of it and, that, and thank God touch wood. Never. He came, came out the right side of it. And uh, you know, so it does put everything into perspective. But I was involved with Kerry at the time. Right. And it certainly was a distraction, but it was it was difficult. Now I never never left it affect myself. But it's amazing that Grania, my wife, I think women, now you might differ, but this is my personal opinion. Yeah. Women are better to deal with situations like that. I wouldn't I, disagree with you. I was in denial a little bit about it, you know, mm. and you know, and people then would ask you about it. I wouldn't say a whole lot about it. And didn't want to talk about it and kind of was putting it to the background. No, you know, even though he was there for support, even when he was going through the chemo, it was tough, like, it was mm. tough, you know. With this and he'd have been only in his 30s at the time. That's all, that's all, that's all. Yeah, he, yeah that's it, yeah. eight years ago, yeah, it would be. And, um, but thank, thank God, as I said, you, he came out. But there were times, you know, that you'd be there inside in bed at night and you're looking up at the ceiling and you're kind of saying, like, why, why, why us? And there's several families have been struck, struck with it, as you well know. And you know, and you be kind of saying, "Look, I, I'm, 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 I'm 60 or whatever it is. Like, Jesus, why, why, why wasn't it me? You, you take yeah. it for him, mm. you know, at that age. But thank God it, it worked out. And you know, I wouldn't be. Look, I'm a Catholic, but you know, I, I'd be lukewarm enough at times. With your faith, like, yeah. well, with your faith, even though my mother, God bless her, Jesus, she was a. Uh, a daily mascot and, and and gave us great values and all that and but there is something there is something there Tony because you do get strength somewhere like yeah definitely it did and as it was going on then you get a bit more positive about it and thankfully then the news was positive in November and it was it was it was amazing because his wife Suzanne she was pregnant with their second kid Alba okay at the time so that was that was extra and Alba was born just as he finished his chemo it was amazing like wow it was, it was so, so, but it, but it does, it does definitely put everything into perspective. Yeah, you kind of say, look, you know, you're not going to be getting this done after, 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 after losses or whatever. You know, no, you, you would obviously be disappointed. But nah, look, it's, 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 it's a game. And when he went into public life, yes, and uh, he's now a county councillor, Fianna Fáil county councillor, yes. Kerry county council, and. He says that you were a brilliant canvasser. <laughs> Tell us about yeah, I could not imagine Mikey Sheehy going up knocking on door, even though, like, let's face it, if, you, if people open their door and Mikey Sheehy yeah. is wrongfully is at their front door, yeah. that's a number well, one. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't think so, Tony. But um, look, 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 look it's, 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 he, he likes doing what he's doing, you know. Um, but I certainly, I certainly, I don't know when. When the next county council elections are on, but 
<laughs> I'm not looking forward to having to go knocking on doors again if, if we do have to, you know, but I'd support him, of course, and whatever he's doing, you know, but certainly it's not top of my agenda. Going so the night that you were sent up a road in a housing estate <laughs> on your own there, knocking on doors, what happened? How many doors did you actually knock on? Well, I'd say, I, I, I don't remember. A few. I'd say, I, well, I kind of half knocked, pretended. And then I just, stuck the leaflet. I stuck the leaflet in the door and I was gone. Actually, it was like, I found everyone for a breaking ball. I said, it's straight out. No, it's yeah. gone. But that was it. I looked just fun, just fun, just fun. Mikey, thanks a million. No problem, Tony. My pleasure. No problem. 